Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Have you ever thought about how a simple invitation that someone gave you to go somewhere or to do something or to meet somebody ended up changing your life forever? Almost everything significant that has happened to me has happened because someone invited me to do something. Invitations that led me to experience things that were significant. Um, Invitations that led me to meet people who became important to me. Invitations to places or into relationships that helped me grow as a person. Invitation to places or into relationships that helped me grow as as a Christian. Just about everything significant that has happened to me has happened because of an invitation. I got to witness one of the greatest basketball games I ever saw between Carolina and Duke from the fourth row behind the bench because a friend invited us to wait in line with him to get tickets. I was invited to a picnic in college where I ended up meeting my future wife and it changed my life forever. I wouldn't be living where I live, doing what I do. I wouldn't have had the kids that I have if I hadn't said, sure, I'll go to that freshman picnic. It sounds fun. I got nothing else to do. A group of guys kept knocking on my door in college to invite me to play basketball and, and then come to a Bible study. And I finally said yes. And God used that group of friends to point my life in a totally different direction and to change it forever. My relationship with God changed because of people around me inviting me to do things, to attend things, to be a part of things, and to step into closer friendships. I I bet you have similar stories that you could tell too about how responding to a simple invitation to go somewhere or to see something or to attend an event or to go to a camp or to attend a concert changed your life forever. You just didn't know that it would be like that at the time. And that's the thing. Invitations are simple. They're they're not usually profound. It's not, hey, I want you to come to this picnic with me because if you do, it's going to change your life forever. And in 30 years, you're going to be talking about how significant that was to you. They don't really work like that. But if you miss it, well, your life is going to be really, really terrible. Nobody's thinking that. It's just a picnic. It's just a concert. It's just a blind date. It's just a, a church service. It's just a Bible study. It's just coffee. Invitations are simple, but they can be so powerful. The series is called Game Plan. We're, we're calling a timeout and we're talking about where the church is and what our next steps are. And like what happens in a timeout, we are gathering the team together, which is you. We're huddling up. We are getting ready to run the next play. Our mission as a church is simple, but we believe it's the most important mission that there is, that any of us can be a part of. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And and it's a very broad mission, and so we like to drill down into specifics. And and we've done that in different ways in the past, but right now, as we've considered where we are and, and, and what we need to do next, here's the goal that we're laying out that we are going to go for, that we are turning all of our attention to right now. By the end of 2021, we want to see 200 people 
regularly attending Love Lake Norman. That's the next hill to take. That's the next step. That's how we continue to accomplish this mission together because each number is a person. And each person matters and has infinite worth in God's eyes. That's why we want to grow. And that will not only take the, the people that it requires to put on church services, it will require you. Last week, we began something called Find My Five. And we gave everyone a card for this at church, but you can do this right where you are, wherever you are. Grab a a piece of paper or open up an app on your phone and write or type in five names. Five people that you want to pray for, that you want to invest in, that you want to to show how much you love, that, that you are willing to get to know and to spend some time with. This is the first part of of our four-part strategy for accomplishing our mission. And this part, part one, is the word invest. And how you start with that is by identifying and beginning to pray for people. And so let me ask you, who are your five? Who are your five? They're, They're not projects. This is not a bait and switch. It's simply five people that you would like to see enter into God's kingdom with you. But that's just the beginning of things because part two of the strategy is invite. And today I wanna talk to you for a few minutes about the power of an invitation because the, the one in front of you, the one person that God's put in front of you or nudged you toward, the one that you can do something for, the, the, the one who's not everyone, but it's, it's the someone that God has led you to, often what they need is a simple invitation because we know, we've just said this, that we're saying, you know, when you say no to an invitation, it simply shuts the door. Like it shuts the door to future possibilities, to ways your life might change, to even what God might do. Saying no shuts that door, but saying yes is powerful because it leaves the door open to what God just might want to do. There's a story that, uh, that, that John included when he wrote his gospel that I'm so glad that he did. It's a story about the power of an invitation. It's a story about doing for, for one what you wish you could do for everybody around you. It's the story of, of one friend extending an invitation to another friend. And the first person we meet in the book of, of John was a guy named John the Baptist. This was a, a different John than who wrote the book. His whole message was, you better prepare yourselves because there is a guy coming who is the Messiah, who is God's chosen one. And, and some people began to follow John, but one day Jesus walks by and John points at him and says, there he is. That's the guy I'm talking about right there. And so two of his disciples get up and they immediately start following Jesus. Now, Jesus notices a couple of guys are following him and he turns around and he says uh, what we would all probably say if somebody was just following us around. He says, what do you want? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And, and Jesus responds to them with what seems like a simple, innocent invitation, but it's one that when they look back, they realize that this simple invitation changed their lives forever. Jesus just says, come and you will see. And they go where he was staying and they, they spend the day with him, just, just hanging out, just being together with, with Jesus. And then it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him 
And he said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael. And he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And he then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. That's from the first chapter of John. I want to ask you two questions today, and then I want to give you a statement to live by. Two questions, and then, and then a statement that I want you to consider today. And the first question is this for you. Are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? It's not something you can be grandfathered into. It's not something that, you know, well, because my parents were Christians, or I grew up in a church, or because my wife does, or my brother does, or my husband does, that, that's not how this Works. Following Jesus doesn't work by like osmosis where it just kind of leaks in from one person that you're standing close to, to, to another. This is a conscious decision that you have to make. Are you following Jesus? And the good news is all it takes from you is a yes. It doesn't take getting yourself together. Nobody can do that. It doesn't take proving anything to anybody. You don't have to do that. It doesn't take overcoming that sin issue that no one knows about and you're embarrassed about. You're not going to be able to do that on your own. If you notice, Jesus' only requirement of his disciples was just to follow. He said, come and you'll see, which is the same invitation he gives to you and to me. Come and you'll see. I, I, I got to tell you, and I feel more and more like this the older I get and the longer I've been a Christian, that there is so much hope in that statement. Come and you will see. There's so much grace there. There's so much love and forgiveness that's there. There's so much hope that Jesus speaks into me through that statement. And it reminds me that, that, that he gives a lot more grace to me than I give to myself. That he has a lot more hope in me than sometimes I have for Myself, and then um, you, you know what the very next thing is that these new followers did? They, uh, they attended a class where they could all learn what it means to follow Jesus. No, they didn't do that. They, uh, they went to confirmation to learn everything about what it means to be uh, a member of the church, which is like what I had to do when I was 13. No, they didn't do that. They, uh, they went to seminary. Gosh, no, they didn't do that. They memorized Psalm 23. No, they didn't do that either. They invited somebody to come with them. And it was like a natural expression of their experience with Jesus. Have you ever had such a strong, you know, powerful, positive experience somewhere that, uh, that you just had to tell somebody about it? Let me ask you, like, like are, do I have any F3 people out there? Like F3 is a men's exercise group and the three Fs are faith, fellowship, 
in fitness, and I know about this because I haven't been invited to that many, many times with a lot of you guys. Um, let me ask this, where's my Disney people? Like all my Disney people, Disney people love everything Disney and they will tell you why you should do that too. Where are my, um, you have to try this brand new restaurant people. Where are my, I am from the West Coast and you haven't had a real burger until you've had an In-N-Out burger people. Raise your hand, okay? Where are my Whole Foods uh, people? Let me ask this, where are my Wegmans grocery store people? I know that there's some of you out there. I hear about you guys. I hear from you guys occasionally. Where are my Costco people? Like, I, yeah, you know, I see you raising your hand out there. How about my burn boot camp people? Like, um, we are brand evangelists for the things that we love. We're passionate about sharing the things that we've done, where we've been, where we've, where we've shopped or what we've eaten. We love to do that. We love to tell people about the things that we love. The interesting thing about that is, is that those things are really, when you think about it, the inconsequential things. Like we'd probably all agree that where I eat or where I shop or where I work out, I mean, those are the little things in life. So let's get passionate about the big stuff, about sharing the big stuff. Let's make the simple invitations that can end up being life-changing. And, and I will say this to like our, our staff team all the time. Don't say no for people. Don't say no for people. And this is way bigger than some, some sales technique, but I bet if, if you're in sales and you're good at your job, you already know that. You don't say no for people. You let them say no for themselves. And, and in other words, um, this kind of thinking or attitude that says, well, they're not going to want to do that. Or Gerald, if I invite them to church, they're not going to want to uh, go. They're not going to want to do that. To which I would say, you don't know that. You're making an assumption about what they want or what they don't want. And if you assume incorrectly, it could shape their lives forever. Uh, if they say no, they say no, but, but, but like, man, let's not say no for people. When I say no for people, I'm really saying, I don't think that this creation of God would want to have a relationship with God that created them. And so I'm not even going to ask them. Now, um, some of us need to change how we view the people around us. Because, because when you look at it that way, it's actually kind of arrogant not to ask, or at least it's, it's presumptuous. Like you're saying, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're, you're wanting better than you do. So, so let's get beyond that. Let's get over that. If the first question is, are you following Jesus? The second question is this, who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? It's the question that the disciples seem to be asking themselves after their initial encounter with Jesus. So Andrew walked with Jesus and then he found his brother Simon who, who would become Peter and he brought him to Jesus, Philip. He walked with Jesus and then he found his best friend, Nathaniel, and he told him, come and see, come and see. Their experience with Jesus was so powerful that they had to tell somebody about it. Who are you bringing? With a simple, profound invitation, come and see. There's, there's a statement that I wanna challenge you to live by today as we continue this series called Game Plan, especially over this next month and especially as we head into Christmas. When people are more open to invitations to investigate spiritual things. And this statement is, is, is pro proved over and over and over again in the early church to be true. And it is for us too. And it's just this.
A simple invitation can lead to a life-changing encounter. One of my best friends growing up was a guy named Jeff Mock. We played soccer together, we played football, we played basketball. Uh, we hung out. I went to his house for sleepovers and he came over to, uh, to mine. And one day he asked me if I could go to a soccer camp with him in the summer. And I was like all in, I was all about it. I mean, the chance to go and to play soccer all day long with a bunch of guys. And let's be honest, like uh, to be away from my house and my brother and my parents for a week sounded fun. Those were my plans for that trip. But God had other plans. And at the end of that week around a campfire, I had an encounter with God that would change my life. A simple invitation can lead to a life-changing encounter. And this is not a guilt-driven message. It's just honest. Like if we love people around us, don't we want the best for them? Like don't we want to be a part of offering a relationship with God? To them is inviting somebody to church uh, really that hard? Does it, does it damage our reputation? Does, does that even matter? If what's at stake is their eternity with God, isn't it worth it? Aren't they worth it? So I wanna raise the temperature of the invitation culture in our church. We, we, we wanna do that. We wanna make it so natural and normal that you're always inviting a friend. That's how a church reaches its potential. That's how a church reaches the community. And, and that's how we get to, to 200 and beyond. That's how we accomplish the mission that God has given us. It's, it's, it's one person who has a life-changing encounter with the real Jesus who goes and he tells his friends about it because he's so excited and she's so excited she can't possibly not say something. And when they ask you about it, you just say, come and see. You know, come and see. A simple invitation can lead to a life-changing encounter. The truth is this, you could be a part of changing somebody's life forever. And there are a few ways you can do that, like right now. The first, and maybe the easiest, you can just ask them, like in person or on a text, ask them to watch this message or video, or if you attend Love Lake Norman in person, ask them to sit with you. The simple is often the most effective. You can also send your friends a link to this service and they can watch that on their own. You can share this link on your Facebook page with an invitation there. It's, it's less personal, but, but more people will see it. Whatever you do, consider how you can be an inviter today because that invitation can lead to a life-changing, a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, would you make us bold? Would you give us uh, your wisdom? Would you reveal to us those, those five people I want to know who those five people are, God, and help us to begin to pray for them. We lift them up to you right now. And also, would you give us opportunities to extend an invitation, knowing that you've invited us to you first, and that as we extend simple invitations to follow you, to come and see, even it's to just to come to church and see that you can use that to change a life forever. And I truly believe that you will. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. 
please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.